Hey everyone, it's Carl. Before we get started, I want to let you know that I have a new podcast out called Alchemix Bar Diaries, where I tell you my thoughts that go through my brain about bartending techniques, theory, and anything to do related to the bartending world. We just started. I would love to have you come over, take a listen. The link for it is in the description of any podcast player you're listening to this to. And yeah, go check it out. Now let's get the show started. Everyone in the service industry has a story, crazy customers, wild orders, and WTF moments. Do you want to start a tab? The podcast here to bring you those tales from behind the bar. My name is Carl. I've been bartending for a couple days now. Just a few days. Just a few. I have more experience than you. Cool. I'm a better bartender. I'm Riley. <laughs> you are probably a way better bartender <laughs> than I am. You just don't have the ego like I do. So you're just, you know. I don't have the voice that carries over people at a bar. Right. Like, <laughs> the guests are like, what did you say? I'm asking you what I can get you, but there are too many voices in this room. Right. So I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so we are joined by Brandon McDonald. He's another hospitality bartender. He's just another bartender. He also is uh, one of 50 hosts of the Bartender podcast. No, I'm just kidding. You have three or four, correct? Or there's three or four of you guys, correct? There are four of us total. That's correct. Perfect. Awesome. Well, anyways, how are you doing this lovely Memorial Day night weekend? I'm doing good. Uh, long weekend. Uh, I'm a Memorial Day baby. My birthday was on Saturday. So I spent some time with some homies uh, just relaxing for the weekend. And now you're getting getting ready for the work week. So can, no complaints tonight. There you go. Well, happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Let's put your microphone up. It, I. We fight about this all the time. I'm going to. I'm helping Just you. Just chill. I'm helping you. <laughs> so uh, for anyone who's not familiar with you or your podcast, you want to give us a quick little rundown of what you're all about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have been bartending for 16 years now. Um, I am the co-host of a podcast called The Bartenders. Uh, my buddy John and I, along with our friends Scott and Dale, uh, we have two different kind of sides of our podcast. We have a uh, live play D&D game uh, where we play bartenders at a bar called The Tale and the Telling and we go on some adventures. The other half is called The Mixing Glass where we talk about real life social issues, things in the service industry. We bring our friends on and just kind of chit chat. So we, we like to have some fun and it was our creative outlet to make sure we didn't go crazy when the pandemic uh, destroyed our lives. <laughs> right. I totally get that. I know I told John, but uh I'm not familiar with D&D. Well, I mean, I'm familiar with the game and what it's all about, but I've never played a single role, let's just say, of the game. (laughs) But, um, you know, and I do appreciate that because I know there is tons of people out there that do it no matter what type of industry you're in. Right. No matter. But I I, I do listen to the Mixing Glass ones and those are always entertaining, especially because you guys are in a whole different part of the United States. You guys are in uh, Florida. Well, at least two of you are, correct? Uh, three of us are in Florida. We were all in the area for a while. Okay. Um, Scott has since moved to Georgia, so we're still geographically oh, okay. still really close. He's only three hours away from us. Sure. So we are all very much in the South. Cool. I know I told, I told John by my two favorite episodes that you guys did was when you guys talked about the TPC sawgrass when you guys worked that week. And then the episode where you guys talked about like the random contest where you had to bring like random tools and like the chop version of mixology basically you guys were doing. I really found yeah. those two very interesting because we don't do that type of shit around here in Iowa. <laughs> well, 
I'm actually really glad you enjoyed that because we went through that episode. That was gearing up for me going into like an iron bartender chopped kind of competition uh, the following day. Mm -hmm. Um, And we started having these random conversations and flavor profiles. And honestly, I thought it was would be boring as fuck for people to listen to. So Mm -hmm. the fact that you enjoyed that episode is really, really cool because you know, John started throwing stuff out and we just started riffing. And I was like, I hope that's good content because I really don't know how people are going to receive that one. Yeah. I just think it gives a different perspective, right? Because we're all used to the, the cocktails that you normally see, you know, we never even think about, I can use a blender to make all my fucking drinks. Or you guys are talking about like gravy packets or something. I don't fucking know. It was, yeah. it was just different because it's just different than what you see on YouTube and what you read about books, you know, and shit like that. I don't know. At least that's what I thought, you know, so. It's cool oh, for sure. It's cool. I mean, so, that was kind of the idea. We, we were hoping people like you would like it. And so we're uh, m- mission accomplished, John. I'm happy <laughs> to be wrong. And John for, uh, for him to be right in this regard. I think that's what Riley feels like all the time. We our relationship. <laughs> you have the same feelings. Yeah. yeah. But, um, if you're not familiar with this podcast, what we do is we read stories off usually Reddit, but some other websites, about bartender life and bartender stories through the eyes of the guest or the bartender. We talk about the situation and we see if there was an asshole, if there was a hero, possibly how the situation could have been handled differently or just relate to the story. Then we rate the story one through five, one being your average bartender story and five being a crazy story that is absurd or just something we've something never seen. That- is completely out of the norm that you wouldn't imagine happening. Exactly. So that's what we're going to do today. Riley's got a story lined up. And then but after first, we- what are we drinking? I'm getting there. I'm just telling people the flow of the podcast. Oh. Then we're going to go back. Through. Oh, sure. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> and then Brandon's going to give us a story. We don't know what he's going to tell us and he doesn't know what we're going to tell him. So then he's going to, like I said, he's going to tell us a story of something that he was experienced. So, then we also, since we are bartenders, well, we live the lifestyle of a bartender or you right. kind of live vicariously. I'm going to quit rambling. What the fuck are we drinking today? What are we drinking? What are you we made drinking? both of them. I made basically a revolver just with a little bit of Demerara and I used a hundred proof uh, Knob Creek with Mr. Black. So it's a little too sweet. Didn't need the Demerara, but you know, we fucked around, find out. Right. Then I created a drink last year called the Scruntled Bee. It's just a bee's knees, but I split the... The gin with a Marlon Nino, so one ounce gin, one ounce of Marlon Nino, three fourths honey, three fourths lime lemon. This time in the gin, I used Bar Hill Tomcat. If you're not familiar with that gin, it is a gin that's infused with honey and aged in American oak barrels. So with juniper, with juniper. So I was I called it the super disgruntled bee, and it's not that super great. <laughs> it's a little too much. <laughs> it, it's it is it is a little angry. It is ang- uh, it's, it's an a angry little, little bit. Just aggressive mm-hmm. in some flavor notes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's drinkable. I'm like, I mean, I like it, but I would never be like, serve this to someone willingly. Right. Okay. And that was a lot of us talking. What about you, Brandon? What are you drinking tonight? So in true bartender fashion, I have three different liquids and cups in front of me. <laughs> um, I've got a liquid IV uh, water bottle left over from the shenanigans um, from going to the Springs this weekend. I have a Rittenhouse and Coke and a cup of coffee. 
there you all, go. all the liquids I need to sustain myself as a bartender. Right. You've, you've got an upper, a downer, and a neutralizer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, what movie is that where they, uh, was it Wolf of Wall Street, where they talk about all the pills they have to take so they can, like, you know, regulate, you know, the whole flow throughout the day. Exactly. You can't go too high, you can't go too low, but when you go too far one way or the other, we've got an extra pill to do the other. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. I fucking love this world. <laughs> But I think you are the second person to have three drinks. Chandler had three. Yeah. She had water and then I think tea or coffee and coffee and and alcoholic beverage. So. Yep. And I mean, that, that checks out. If you've spent enough time in a restaurant or behind a bar, you know that like, if you don't hydrate, you're going to die. Right. If you don't have enough caffeine, you're going to kill someone. (laughs) Right. And if you can drink some alcohol to take the edge off of the pain. You need that numbing agent at the same time. So all three are very vital, but you have to make sure you keep them in proportion because too far in any of the directions and it's madness. Right. Right. It's a lovely world we live in. (laughs) I just wish everyone could experience it for at least a month. Working as a bartender Mm -hmm. or in the hospitality Mm -hmm. industry. Right. Oh, absolutely. Back house. Everybody should have to. It should be like mandated service. You either go to the military for two years minimum or you work in the hospitality. We've already talked about this on on an episode. It's fine to repeat. It's fine to repeat. And if we repeat every episode, then that would be annoying. But once in a while, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So you have a story for us today? I do. Okay. Um, Let me adjust the microphone that the cat messed up. Okay. So this is from, this is a comment on a post. What is your craziest bartending story? From the bartender subreddit. And this was from Inside the Box posted three years ago. Okay. Story time. I was a barback slash doorman at the time during the summer at a beach bar in the South. It was a busy Saturday night and two carloads of SEC football players showed up and were immediately trouble. They were rowdy and slamming drinks and you could tell it was going to end poorly. We have several bars on the property with different vibes going band dance club etc and i get a call on the radio that's just screaming gibberish like warble garble flight fight club now (laughs) (laughs) so i drop what i'm doing and i sprint up to the club bar and as soon as i get through the doors it looks like a mosh pit probably 30 people fighting chairs were getting thrown and smashed over people's backs bodies flying everywhere other patrons were grabbing the hands of their spouses and partners and fleeing like it was a terrorist attack like a masochistic salmon against the stream. <laughs> I ran directly into the fray and immediately see one of my door guys on the floor on his back with a tiny ass girl wrapped around him underneath him like a monkey. And she's just flailing fists into his chest. So I try to separate the girl from him, but she's got one arm in a death grip around his neck. She's not actually hurting him. And he's got hit this look on his face that was part embarrassment, part helplessness. <laughs> So I grabbed his shoulders and lifted them both up and peeled her off somehow. Meanwhile, there's five college football players fucking up everything within arm's reach and they're big dudes. I keep my distance and start trying to herd them out the door while yelling to another staff member to call the police. At this point, the bartenders hit the lights and the music cuts and the bar is now empty except for the fighters and the drunks thinking they can help break it up. I think at this point, they didn't even know who they were fighting because they just hit everyone that came close. There was honestly nothing we could do because they were big and raging. This regular that we all hated, Frank, thought he was cool and tried to intervene with his big dreaded black dude that was in hate mode. (laughs) 
This dude was easily 6'4 and angry, and Frank came up like, dude, 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 chill. And the football player with one fell swoop flung Frank into a high top and four stools. Frank was like a fucking human bowling ball. (laughs) Took out the table and all the stools in an almost comical fashion, and he starts bleeding everywhere. I'm breaking up side fights and trying to protect other people from getting murdered, trying to stop it all, and yelling at anyone fighting that the police are on the way. The football players finally get the point and they all sprint to their cars in the parking lot as we start damage control. But they were too late. As they start their car, three sheriff's cars pull in and we're yelling and pointing at the car to let the cops know where to go. Wow, what? Three sheriff's cars pulled in and we're yelling and pointing at the car to let the cops know where to go. A sheriff gets out and has a flashlight pointing at the car and screaming, stop the car. And the fucking morons, instead of stopping, floor it straight at the sheriff. The cop pulls his gun and is just screaming, stop the fucking car. And we all think we're about to get, we're about to see someone get shot. Fortunately, no major injuries and no one got shot. I'm not sure I can even describe the chaos properly in text. It felt like it took forever, but it was probably only five minutes total. Most of them got arrested and I never heard any follow up on it. But we had a good laugh for a while after watching the video. You see me in a bright yellow staff shirt enter the bar and just sprint into the sea of people fighting and I disappear. Everyone thought I was crazy for jumping in, but my people needed help. So I just did what I needed to do. People who remember it still talk about it being the craziest thing they've seen at my bar. I became a bartender that same year. So my exposure to chaos has become much more limited. Wow. That was, that was a story. That was a story for sure. <laughs> Something I have never witnessed in my entire bartending career because I don't work at bars like that. Right. But so I think that's fitting that this is an SEC story considering you live in Florida and SEC runs through deep in that area. Not only does it run deep, I was actually waiting to see if Riley was going to say that this was recommended from a friend of the show, a friend of both of our podcasts, because I was an SEC football player. And yes, I do live in the South. (laughs) Like I am. Yes, I'm very accustomed to SEC football life. And I have worked. uh, We didn't call it bouncing. We called it hospitality uh, (laughs) because you didn't want to work at a club that required security. But sometimes you had to enact hospitality on people. Right. So I I was curious if Steve uh, from Bartender Rant uh, had like maybe pinned something for you because this is an actual conversation we had on his podcast. No, I actually remember you said before we started recording that you did play football and I was sifting through the stories and I was like, oh, hey, SEC football. I know where the the SEC is. I don't know a lot, but I know where I know where that is. Perfect (laughs) shot. Like that was that was so zeroed in and I was like, God. Damn, Steve! Like, <laughs> like, listen, read this one for Brandon. See what he has to say. Because yeah, um, do you know what college this is? Do you know? Have you? Do you know this story at all? So I'm gonna shed some light on some some maybe some dirty secrets about uh, college athletics. This could have been any of them. Literally. Yeah, no, I literally. Like, yeah, we we lived only 25 minutes away from Iowa City, so where the hot guys play. But I don't remember ever hearing a story like that. But then again, we weren't really knee deep in that culture down there. Mind you, know. you, mind you, this is collegiate football with a bunch of boys into men. 
Right. And they're covering it up because they want their team to win. We probably didn't hear about this. Right. I mean, and we, you wouldn't. Right. Yeah. But first of all, it's so common. You wouldn't hear about it. And second of all, you don't want this out because you want the players to be able to play on Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, I get that. I'm just saying like, since he lives down there, that might be like some, like, you know, that one of those stories you just hear through the whim. I doubt it. I mean, I'm not saying through legally. I'm specifically. Through, yeah. Maybe. Um, that in Gainesville, you wouldn't, they wouldn't have shown up in cars like that. Um, this is very much a walking town. So sure. Th- there, there are some goofy gator stories um, that, you know, we can, we can say for Patreon exclusive chit chat. There you <laughs> go. Those are, there's, a, there's some fun ones. Um, but like, I've been around seeing some, cops being involved with various athletes, but unless it like actually presses charges and something very serious happens, even in that same town, you wouldn't hear about it. Right. Um, because like Riley said, they're, they're protecting what's, what's good for the goose is good for the gander and right. blowing up half of a football team for getting rowdy is not good for anyone in that town. Sure. And, and, and we're not that we're not, advocating. we're going to go on record that that is a problematic mindset. Yes. However, no, <laughs> it is, it is, inexplicably common right it's all about the benjamins we're, we're, <laughs> they're here to protect the bottom line at all costs and because the ncaa is have crazy power in the towns that they reside in so because the ncaa is one of the most profitable nonprofits to exist oh absolutely it's a, it's oh, a problem absolutely. well even with the football program you know you see those charts you can go just google charts of how much money the football team makes and everyone's always like why do they get the best locker rooms why do they get the best facilities and you can see the the generation of profit they make and then they show you the graph of all the other sports are negative 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 you know mm-hmm. and, and again we're not saying this is how it should be it's just it is what it is unfortunately it is. yeah so yeah like this kind of reminds me too of um, if you remember the movie, the program that early mid nineties uh, college football, where they get in this huge fight with another college and then the cops come, but everything's busted, but they're all the co- the two colleges are friends for that, you know, that five minutes because they don't want anything to happen to it. But mm. it's an interesting movie. It's very, you know, obscure, not obscure, but over the top. But have you seen that movie, Brandon? I have. Yeah. So, but I don't know, kind of you, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I've never worked at a bar like this before. So I have zero experience with actual, I've never seen a fight at a bar that I've ever worked at or restaurant. Right. Ooh, that's, I'm sure they've happened. You. I'm a bougie bartender, Brandon. I've never worked in a divey speed bar at all. I've only worked at basically higher end places. But you did work at a brewery and you know that there were fights there just never while you were working. Not really. There were, there have been a couple. No. Not like this. Not like this. No. But not like fisticuffs. Flying cops had to be called. Anyways, <laughs> um, so he just wants to argue with me today. Yeah, so, sometimes you wake up and choose violence. And that's, <laughs> I mean, and that just lines up with the story. Like right. we have a theme today. <laughs> these, these guys woke up and chose violence. No, I woke up today. Great. Then I took a nap. Then the, that. Then was, you woke up <laughs> with a nap and chose violence. violence. Yeah. But uh, what about you? What do you have any like bartending experience with like big fights or anything like that or? Absolutely. Uh, I've done a little bit of everything. I've done the college um, sports bar. Um, actually, John, um, the other bartender that you guys have had on, um, he and I worked at a 26,000 square foot, 3,000 person capacity sports bar in Gainesville, Florida. And uh, 
we had a night and it, it wasn't an interesting story. Like I've, you know, chit-chatted with some of my bartender friends. I wanted to tell you guys an interesting story. Um, and we were, we had a night where there was a nine minute bar brawl in our main dance floor. And for the listeners at home, I need you to know that nine minutes of fighting is an eternity. Right. It's so it's long. Ever. It is mm-hmm. so Every long. Every bar fight is probably 25 seconds. Someone pushes someone, a punch happens, they get split up. Someone says something about someone else's mama. Everyone goes home. <laughs> right. Nine minutes is fucking forever. It's, right. Yeah, that's um, an eternity. So unfortunately, I have enacted my fair share of hospitality on people um, through the 16 years of my career. Um, less so recently. I have become a bougie bartender and worked at nicer places. Um, but I definitely have my origins in uh, down and dirty, grimy college areas. Even the nice spots in college towns get get really cranked up and ready to go on game day weekends. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would think it'd be cool to work at a bar like that for a month or two, you know, like Saturdays during college game day and stuff like that. But I'm old. I'm just, <laughs> I'd am just break if someone did something to me. I'm, I mean, I'm 42, man. I can't, no, no, thank you. That sounds like my personal idea of hell. Yeah. Because you know everything's it, sticky. <laughs> I have no interest in ever doing that again. All right. Uh, for 42, not that old, but also like I just turned 36, no interest in living that life again. Those were 20 hour days. We had 11,000 people through the doors. We had block uh, lines around the block, like three, three blocks long of people trying to come in and buy $4 Bud Lights and nope, 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 nope. Just come to Dubuque, Iowa. I'll sell you a $4 Bud Light all day, every day. At a markup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. So, I mean... With this story for rating wise, I mean, uh, I mean, I have to call a five. I mean, there's, I mean, like it's, it's something I've never experienced and probably will never experience as a bartender. I mean, I get it. I think you're wrong. But what I do you mean you think you go wrong? Because I don't think this is anywhere close to a five. Like just because I've never experienced it. Like I know how Iowa city gets. I know okay. how Cedar Rapids okay. downtown gets. I know how Des Moines gets like, People fight. They happen. I have I have seen my share of bar fights, never to this extent. But Fine. but when you add football plus alcohol plus football players, mm, I, okay, fine. Max, I think I would go like a three point five. I'm gonna get a four two then. This is why I don't like you. You always get me to change my fucking number. <laughs> you gotta lawyer me up and change my number. I. Th- what I said, I said 3.5. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm going to go 3.5 just for the image of the man being a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they had the foot. I bet there's, I bet you can see this somewhere, oh, right? Somewhere, probably. Somewhere. What, what, what do you rate this story, Brandon? So the one aspect of this story that's a little bit interesting is, especially for SEC football players, is football players getting into fights know they're messing with their own paychecks. Their right. Future paychecks. Are mm-hmm. So like, more often than not, it's the fans and not the athletes that get into a fight. So for a football team to fight, which is terrifying. I'm 6'2", 255. I was the little guy on our football team. Right. SEC football players are actual genetic anomalies. Right. Like, like I played at a time where the entire offensive line went pro and one of the players would pick me up like a rag doll and carry me around the nightclub <laughs> that I managed just because he could. 
He's 6'8", 325, and he scoops me up with one arm and carries me around. Those guys stopped fights for us because they didn't want to be associated with trouble. Right. I want to give this like a 4.5, because for players battling, something really fucked up happened or someone crossed the line really quick because for players to all jump in and like that's that's scary yeah and like, and that, it sounded like dying scary yeah and it sounded like they came in looking for a fight the football team which yeah is, which, it was a busy saturday weird. night and two carloads of sec football players showed up and were immediately trouble all right and it also makes you think is this is this like third string second string or first string Obviously right. it's probably a mix, but you know, like who, who, who's the majority of are these the starters? Or are these the guys that only get like six minutes of playing time? Right. And, you and know. we're going to operate under the assumption that the, that the doorman barback knew who the players were because otherwise he wouldn't have identified them as football players. Yeah. But they probably, you just, they just look different, you know, like they're just like, he, like Brandon was saying, they're just bigger than right. everyone else. You know, it's like, you know, when you just assume when someone's who's six, seven, six, eight, they're fucking, they're basketball player you know like but well down there too they're probably recognizable faces right like everyone knows who these right. people are that's but, what i'm saying yeah but yeah it's not a secret especially will, in, a, in a college football town but if it's a saturday night this is and like i i mean i guess this is during not the season yeah i think it says summer okay it was summer okay that makes sense so i guess it's like after practice and people are just like tweak the fuck out i, mm-hmm. I don't know that that that's so strange to me but if football players are coming to look for trouble, then your business is trouble's got found. Right. <laughs> yeah. Tr- tr- trouble is found. You know, I will concede to that point and I will apologize formally to Carl for being so judgmental about his high rating. Um, because of that fact, I'm going to increase mine to a four. You hear here, folks. Riley apologized Ooh. in the first nine and a half years of our relationship directly Bullshit. to me. <laughs> SEC football working miracles in the religion <laughs> in the South. SEC go. working its way up to the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So that was a lovely story. And if you have a better story than that, I would love you for, I would love you. I would love I if would love you for you to, to send sh- it yes to us on our subreddit. We have a subreddit called "Do You Want to Start a Tab?" It's in the description of any podcast platform that you're listening to. Just click the little link, leave it. You don't have to tell us who you are, but just give as many details as you want, and we would love to talk about it, listen to it, or listen to it. Jesus Christ, we'd love to read it. We'd love to read it and discuss about it. Do you it. need to take? Do you need to take a, a break and hard restart your brain? I think so. I need another nap. Give me a quick twenty. <laughs> I need a timeout, coach. (laughs) Press and hold the power button for a little bit. You and Brandon just, you just, Brandon, you and Brandon just gossip for a little bit. I'll be back. Okay. Maybe I need a shot of Campari. No, you don't. I need a Ferrari. I need a We see. (laughs) Ears perk up. Eminem. Yeah, John, uh, I didn't know what an Eminem was until John's episode. And now I try it with different mezcals uh, and Montenegro combinations. I hate Montenegro. I think it tastes like grandma's perfume. You're not there yet, but because you know what? You didn't like old fashions and now here you are drinking willingly every night. Yeah, but that's because they're good. But like <laughs> Amaro Montenegro is not my favorite. And I don't think I can make myself get past the grandma's perfume. I get that. So that's reasonable. That's fair. That's fair. And then while you're on your podcast platform, just leave us a little rating. Just click that little star rating and leave us a review. Tell us what you think, because that definitely helps the podcast grow. It shows the digital world that we're important. 
even though we're not to listen to. <laughs> What's that? To bartenders only? Yeah. No, he said five no, stars five, only. Five, five oh, stars five stars only. only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave a review. Five stars only. Don't be a dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a dick in the comments section. Just leave us five stars and then tell us why you think you were a dick in right. the comments. I don't care yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I have fine. a running list yeah. of why I think you're a dick, so. Hey. Yeah, but just leave five stars and then you can say whatever you want. Right. right. I think we should leave a, we should start our own hotline where people can just call in and tell us why we're dicks for. They can tell us why we're the asshole. Like we judge them. They can judge us. Mm-hmm. I mean, be cool. fun. All right, Mr. What's that? I said a little role reversal. That's fun. Right. Exactly. You know, I want, you know, people hear our opinions. I want to hear your opinion. Wait, we didn't, we didn't ever identify who was an asshole in this story. Oh, we didn't. We did. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to assume oh. it's the SEC fucking football team. I would say everybody. <laughs> everybody. Just everybody. Everybody who's fighting. If you fight in a club, you're an asshole. Right. right. If you, if you fight in public, you're an asshole. There's, there's no reason you can't be a civilized adult. Agreed. Alcohol. If you can't be a civilized adult while you're drinking, you shouldn't be drinking or you should drink by yourself at home. Well, I'm going to go downstairs now and drink by myself. You've only tried to get into one fight while you were drinking. And to be fair, I think you were trying to protect my honor. I was. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they were Iowa football players. <laughs> what? No. No, they were big. Anyways, it happened in Iowa City one time. One time. one time. And then he was restrained by his girlfriend. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if these guys are watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to it, but Carl's huge. Like, <laughs> I would watch it. I'm a football player. I wouldn't mess with him. Uh, no, you would. Cause he's, he's real lanky. <laughs> I'm danky. I'm six, three, 235 pounds. So you're all limbs. Oh, I'm all limbs, limbs and gut. No. And, and I, and I definitely did restrain him when he tried to punch somebody. So <laughs> good. Good. The voice I, of reason. Yes, I am. I'm literally trained to restrain people, so it's part of my job. I also got a fight in our on our wedding, but that's a story for Patreon. And if you'd like to hear that's that story, Patreon story for sure. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you'd like to hear that story, definitely uh, help a help a little podcast out. You can subscribe to our Patreon for only three dollars a month. So you love that segue. It was so fucking good. Was I'm so, so good. proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so you can. Oh, that, that was sick. That was sick. <laughs> and. Uh, you can, yeah, just $3 a month. We, we are going to have a last call talk with Brandon here. And then we have last call talks with all our guests and Riley and I tell some personal stories. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Enough of this random ramble banter. Brandon, bring the pain in the spire of your story if you would like. Yeah. Uh, so I was chatting with some friends recently and I was uh, in Detroit not long ago uh, talking with one of my uh, very good friends. Um, she was like my, my original like work wife, you know, that person that you just really connect with behind the bar. Um, and I asked her, what what do you think one of my more interesting stories are? Like you, we've worked many, many hours together. And she recalled one that honestly, is my goal was to get a score higher than Steve's or John. Like, I, like I'm a little bit competitive and I wanted to find something interesting. Right. But that's got to be interesting to a bartender, not to the average person. Mm-hmm. It's like drunk people fighting sex. This is just I mean, it happens. So this particular night, I'm working at one of the nicer bars out in Denver. Um, we have a really intimate 40 seat cocktail bar really hot like world-class cocktail level stuff um we have a ramos uh gin fizz on the menu um brutal. And we also have a it, it was brutal we got really good i can make a 35 second ramos gin fizz nice and good and it'll stand up 
Nice. Um, the other, are you guys familiar with a blue blazer? I am no. not, no. Okay, so a blue blazer is a classic cocktail in which you ignite an overproofed liquor, uh, generally with a cordial in it. Um, if you have a spirit that's under um, 80 proof, it cannot burn. Um, so you ignite it and you kind of toss it from one cup to another. Okay, I've seen those. Like where you see like the waterfall of like blue fire going down mm-hmm. and you're igniting the overproofed alcohol and you're infusing the flavor of the spirit that can't burn into the remaining alcohol. So we had a drink called the Dragon's Blood, where it was um, Plymouth Navy strength with an apricot liqueur that you ignited on fire and has this beautiful presentation. Um, and then you kind of put it in like a French press with some some fruits and whatnot and make this really beautiful warm cocktail. Well, Abby, uh, my co-bartender and I are working together. It's just the two of us in this little, you know, 40C intimate cocktail bar. And, you know, bartenders always putting on a show. We're always like smiling in front of our guests, you know, you know, beautiful blonde woman, big, bald, tattooed guy in Denver. Like we can work the room and we're just cutting it up as usual. (laughs) Some regulars come in with some with some friends and we know that these regulars always drink Dragon's Bloods. It's their favorite drink. It's cool outside. It's a great show. I love the drinks that allow me to step back and like put on a performance for my guests because one, it makes me money. And two, it gives me like a mental break Mm -hmm. a little bit to like, I'm not cranking out drinks. Like I have to make this drink in front of you and people are okay waiting because like the guy's fucking throwing fire in his hands. Like my drink's going to take two more minutes. This is fine. Right. I have made this drink a thousand times, literally can and have made it with my eyes closed. For those of you who are not used to doing something like this, if you splash it on your hand, it does not hurt. It's like, it's like putting lighter fluid on your skin and lighting it it will burn off before you get burned. So I'm making this drink for these guests. And, you know, all of a sudden, they just kind of like, I get a weird look. And like, I've made this drink a bunch of times and like, it's whatever. And I look down from my wrist to my elbow, my arm is on fire. (laughs) Like, like, Like heavy on fire. And I... I don't panic. You know, we kind of like, we're just doing that. But my, my face goes slack because for the life of me, even to this day, I cannot explain to you why my arm ignited. Like it, I have spilled on my hand a thousand times. Every time you make the drink, it splashes a little bit. It doesn't hurt. It's not a big deal. You just keep going. I am like my entire forearm is ablaze. I am literally frozen like a statue looking at it because I am confused. <laughs> I cannot process what has happened. Abby um, kind of sees the look on these guests' face. She turns and looks at me and she walks over and just, you know, as casual as can be, just puts her arms on my or puts her hands on my arm like she's like lovingly patting me. Hey, Brandon, are you okay? Extinguishes my arm. Is, is everything okay? Let's let's put this thing down for just a second. So she takes the fire mugs out of my hands because I'm frozen. I like, I'm so confused. I'm just <laughs> baffled. And she like kicks the trash can down. Like you, we have like a sneaky trash can under our well. Mm-hmm. And she and she kicks it over and stops the fact that I have lit the floor on fire and just like secretly ignites or like extinguishes that. Um, make sure that the well doesn't catch on fire because like in this 
10, 15 seconds. I just don't know what's going on. Um, kind of smiles and goes, this drink is ready to serve for them, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I just put it in the thing, serve it, put it in front of them. Guests, cheers, everybody's happy. Um, she looks at me for a second. And I'm like, I need two minutes. And she's <laughs> like, your arm is on fire. Please take your two minutes. Go in the back and I I've got the bar for just a second. And with the exception of, you know, my coworker, no one realized anything was really out of the ordinary because 20 seconds later they had their drinks and everything was fine. But I was fully ablaze. The video camera footage was phenomenal um, because, you know, I go from performing, doing all this stuff to just like literally like frozen in place. Um, <laughs> but my, my lovely coworker came over, put the fire out you know, made sure I didn't catch anything else on fire and went back to, you know, she worked the bar in my stead for a couple of minutes while I like took a glass of water to the face and just, you know, shook it off and went back to it. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. I have also <laughs> caught my arm on fire. So I know exactly what that, what is happening feels like. Did you do that bartending? No, I was, uh, it was a grease fire. I was cooking. Oh, gotcha. Um, but at the time, my mom was like, put it underwater, put it underwater, forgetting that I was like using grease. No, I know you don't do oh, that no. because the whole time I'm oh, carrying no. this pan, I'm like, this is wrong. I shouldn't do this. I know I shouldn't do this. <sighs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I don't really work with fire um, back behind the bar just because it's more of, I don't know, I just we don't really usually have spirits that are over 120 proof any of the bars I've ever worked at, you know, so we don't really do anything that's super overproof and that would do it. But I always remember growing up when I was 19, you could go to the bars in Iowa city. I lived like 40 minutes away. So we'd go and whatever and drink even, you know? And so I just remember though, there was a story about this guy who was lighting like, I don't know if it was flaming Dr. Peppers or something with fire. And this bitch had so much hairspray in that her fucking hair lit on fire. <laughs> and like that story has like basically scared me from like ever, ever working with, with fire. fire. And I, and I, and I know like yours is way more controlled than doing a bunch of shots, you know, where liquor just falls over everywhere and all this other shit. But I still want to try that drink. It sounds fucking good. <laughs> Man, I, I love fire behind a bar. Tiki drinks. I'm yeah. a tiki slut. I love overproofed rum. And I mean, that drink, the the gin, the Navy Strength Plymouth is only 117. If you got 120, that is going to burn. Right. Right. So you 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 can do it. Right. I know. It's just, I you know, I don't know. It's just, again, it comes back to, now I do love it too when like people are doing like the whole cinnamon thing, right? And like, and kind of like, you know. Oh, yeah. Kind of like sparkles or. Yeah. I don't know what, what you call it, but, but I yeah. call it tiki fire. Yeah. I don't, I would definitely be frozen too. Cause you're like, what the fuck? Like what? Cause yeah, I'd, I'd be so confused on why, how, and really, right. I want to know, I want to know like what you spilled on yourself earlier in the night. And or I mean, even, even this past weekend, you know, it was Abby's birthday. So happy birthday to you, Abby, you know, Jim and I babies. Um, we were talking <laughs> about it and you know, Expressed uh, citrus um, is flammable. Like mm -hmm. if you express the orange peel, you can shoot the fire. And like we do prep and maybe something trickled on my arm and just weirdly stayed on my skin. Like we, even to this day, it was just like, I, I guess maybe you like prep some citrus or like someone bumped a drink on you or something. And you just 
hadn't like cleaned up your arm and then this overproof stuff just caught it and held it i i i wish i knew because we went back and looked at the cameras to see if something very obvious happened to me right it didn't um but the fire was very obvious and that was still there so (laughs) i'm assuming some combination of citrus oil and sugar and a random cocktail just led to this moment right did you smell like burnt arm burn hair or burnt arm hair for the rest of the shift uh, I did for a little bit. Um, actually, Abby gave me some of her lotion, so I did not smell like it for the rest of the night because I would have lost my fucking mind <laughs> that bad the whole night. But, um, you know, they, they asked the joke, like, you know, you use all this fire. How do you still have a beard? But, like, uh, at this bar, no one had hair from their, like, wrists down to their knuckles because of how much this fire would splash and just, like, take that hair off of your hands. Right. Um, but for a solid week, I didn't have any hair from my wrist to my elbow on my left <laughs> arm, which normally has hair. Um, and they got it wasn't my right because, like, I'm all tatted up and mm-hmm. I would have been, like, miserable if I had messed that up somehow. But, yeah, for a minute, I stunk. And, you know, my boss happened to be in the back that day. I think he was doing payroll or something. And he's like, why are you back here? I'm like, my arm caught on fire. And he was like, what? I'm like, I, I, I don't have, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Abby kind of put me in timeout for a second. I need to take a breather for a second. Um, he's like, are, are you okay? Are you good? I'm like, I, I guess so. Physically, I, I am fine. <laughs> I can kind of relate to this whole being shocked thing because before I even ever bartended in my entire life, when I was still with the, together with the mother of my kids, just working random jobs just to pay the pills. Anyways, I was working for this window company and I'm sitting there taking this twisted uh, metal that you put over windows, like the seam of the windows. And I was just like chopping up the good sections that were twisted. Well, one day I'm sitting there just, you know, working it, doing as fast as I can. My hand goes up into the chop saw and I knew it happened. Like, like I knew I just fucked my finger super bad up, but it didn't hurt because it happened so fast. And I'm just like looking at it, like just like <laughs> staring at, it. I could see the knuckle and the tendons and stuff like that. And I was just like, huh, <laughs> This is really weird. And like, I'm just staring at it and I'm not in shock. I'm just, I, I am in shock. That, 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 is, that is shock, you know? And then this guy goes, Carl, are you okay? I go, I think I got to go to the doctor. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? And I showed it to him. He almost passed the fuck out. <laughs> and yeah, it was just, it was so, it, it, I just, yeah. It, it just reminds me of when you said you were just staring at your arm, like, huh? I am on fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Okay, so this is kind of a different story, right? Because like this is obviously super unique, right? Like I get the whole you kind of burn yourself once in a while thing. It's like when you cook in a kitchen, you are going to burn yourself randomly because right, grease is going to splatter. Your pans are going to thing. Yeah. It's just you know like you know your bartender, you are going to cut yourself on a knife or a peeler because things are sharp and it's just going to happen no matter what you do. Broken glass, you're going to cut yourself. It's something you know you're right. Excuse me. Ugh. It's going to happen. So, but with the shock of like just staying there and then your, and then your friend, Abby sees it all going on. She's playing fucking cool, you know, like nothing, no big deal. You know, this is pat you dry real quick. Pat, <laughs> pat you, pat you dry, you know, <laughs> pat you not on fire. fire right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm going to give this the same uh, number as my other story. Four, two, four point two. We're on a 420 kind of day. <laughs> funny thank you um, blazing it <laughs> <laughs> you blazed it <laughs> yeah. 
Um, just for that joke, I'm going to increase my score by 0.1. By so, 0.1. <laughs> um, you, gave your, you gave your score a 20% tip? Yep. <laughs> um, let's see here. So there aren't a lot of bars that play with fire. Around here where we live at. But I feel like also in general, in because general, it's a major insurance liability concern. Like I would hate to be that bar's insurance adjuster. <laughs> um, two, you made thousands of these drinks. You still caught your arm on fire, which is the nature of the beast. So like that's obviously way outside the norm. He fucked around and found out. It's way outside the norm. And then your coworker, just cool as a cucumber, made everything okay. Without anybody knowing that things were wrong. Exactly. That, I'm going to give you a score that ties Steve's score. I'm going to give you a 4.9. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take a tie. He told two stories and I average his down because right. the, the, the other one was kind of like, oh, boo-hoo, I got lacrosse dads, whatever. Right. So four, I'll, I'll take a 4.9. That feels like a win. And I got to beat John as well. So that feels good. <laughs> I think John's story was just one that's just easy and fun because he gets to also brag about his wife being a badass. Right. And that's that's all that is. He's I just that story. He's just he's just <laughs> bragging about his wife. I guess my wife's cooler than yours. That's all that story is saying. <laughs> Except for my and wife. That was at the same. That was at the that was at the same place where I had the nine minute bar fight. That's right. Bar. Yeah. I, I was going to ask that. Man. But also, I'm yeah. going to say. My, I feel like that if I I feel like if you had told the nine minute bar fights story, I'd have given you a five, because I've been I've been part of my job used to be I used to work with kids in um, a psychiatric inpatient, so we would go entire shifts with kids rioting, and there were 12, 12 teenage girls in the unit with three staff, and it would just full on riot for full shifts. That is a long fucking time. It's a year. <laughs> It is a it is a whole ass year that you lived in eight hours. It's it's terrifying. And like the yeah, it spread. It was like you can see the cells. It was like weird clusters that went off. Yeah. But also it, it just didn't stop. It didn't feel like good content because like, hey, it was a fight that happened. It was nine minutes long. Right. And like, that's I don't get to like. Right. Like, right. What's yeah. like, it, it is hyper unusual. Right. But and I, but like, yeah, to make it an interesting story, you'd have to have very specific details about like the girl who had who had spider monkeyed herself around the bouncer, the other security right. guy. And but yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he told the story. He told the story. It was a nine minute bar. Yeah. I mean, we can we can all imagine what a nine minute long bar fight would be. Right. How much? Is, I mean, I, like, Pete, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wonder how many of those fuckers were doped up on fucking Coke or something, right? Some sort of, some sort of like upper that's a just lot. like, <laughs> right. Dance, dancers a lot. Yeah. <laughs> because we, we dealt with them on the way out. I mean, you get to the point where you're just grabbing people. I mean, I was standing at the door, just grabbing people. By the was, scruffs like, of their neck. Hard way. Yeah. I like, I have them and I'm just like easy way, hard way. And they're like, I'm all, I'm good. I'm like, okay, you can walk out the door. I'm like easy way, hard way. And they're like, fuck you, man. I'm like hurt. <laughs> thank you come again yeah thank you it, it was it, this is a binary decision for any of this is it, either you're walking out or you're getting thrown out and like the, that is what it is i feel like you're i feel like your life is roadhouse <laughs> i've i've done some i see that's this is why my episode for bartender's rant was so fucking long and they had chopped like whole sections of stories out of that to make it more palatable. I, I could tell stories forever. Right. Like our, our bar 
in our D&D world is called the tale and the telling because those are the two things required to have a good story. Right. It's not just the tale, it's how you tell it. And like storytelling is like my love language to my customers and my friends. So it, it's a really big deal. That's awesome. But also Roadhouse. But also, <laughs> but also Roadhouse. <laughs> but also Roadhouse. I, I, okay, real quick. Are we excited about the remake with Jake Gyllenhaal playing Patrick Swayze's character? I'm... I'm always excited about any movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. I agree with that. So, yes. I agree. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, that's, I want to be. Love it. That's, I think that's the best. I think that's the best way of saying like, it. Like, I know I'm going to enjoy it because I've never not enjoyed a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Right. I, I've maybe not. I have maybe not liked the, the content. Mm-hmm. But him. But the, but the story was always done well. Right. So, I don't think will be bad but i do know it will be different and the question is can people accept that right so if you want to hear more about our (laughs) our podcast um what do you rate your own story in your world of your bartending years what where does this story on a rating scale live up to you well i mean riley basically hit it exactly on the head as to why I even told the story and why I think it's way high up there. I've made that drink a thousand times. It's weird. Abby was absolutely just the picture of calm composure, just composure, just gracefully, (laughs) just like here, Brandon, let me give you love taps. That's actually just me extinguishing you while I'm secretly (laughs) kicking a trash can and putting out the fire you spilled on the ground. Um, But mostly because I really enjoyed, uh, listening to Carl be upset about going to the hundreds column. Um, I wanted to rate this like a 4.878. Yes. <laughs> and I wanted to add the thousands place. And if no one, I haven't listened to all of your content. No so one has, anyone has done yet. that yet. And if they haven't, I'm happy to be the first. This I guy, love it. We're putting a rule after this. There's no thousands. There's only hundreds. Bullshit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight, seven, eight, baby. Like love it. Round it to the four, nine with, like, I, I don't think that anything's ever like the perfect five because there's always like a really like someone's going to have a more interesting story eventually. But like, but it, I see, it's way high up there. It's very uncommon in the bartending world. But see, I don't think fives me. have to be finite. I don't think that like the best story has to be a five. I just think something that is extraordinary to you, something like in. Well, like there can be multiple fives because all context is different. Well, that's true. I, I mean, I guess in that regard, then I, I truly do feel like this was like a five as far as like uniqueness, because mm-hmm. I've never like that's only happened to me once in a 16 year career. And none of my friends who have done what I have done for as long as I have, have ever had a moment where they're like, I almost set my well on fire and I was <laughs> inflamed in front of a guest. And like, just yeah, it, it was like a five for uniqueness for me, but also like I'm happy to bump it down to hit that thousands place. Like, be that guy. You could do a four point nine nine nine. Shut the fuck up, guys. Hey, done. Done. Four nine nine nine. Done. R- room for improvement somewhere. Fine. You know what? You two can be the host of this fucking podcast moving forward. It's your fucking rules, obviously, not mine. Hey. <laughs> Happy wife, happy life, man. Right. It's all good. I can't this make is it. not the hill to die on. No. <laughs> there, are, there are far steeper hills. I'm going to dive on a 
on a road or a speed bump. That's yeah. that's what I'm going <laughs> to yeah. die on. Not a hill. It's going to be the speed bump. <laughs> Is that really but bad? But I also knew what I was doing when I wanted to go into to three digits uh, to the right of the decimal point. Like right. that, that was intended. I love it. <laughs> Premeditated score. Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the bartenders call that. That's uh, chaos gremlin energy. Yeah. Was that would be a uh, lawful evil? I feel like. In the uh, or chaotic evil, yeah, yeah, or just, that just shake them up. Hmm. Well, I guess this has been an okay episode. I guess <laughs> do you have, do you want, I guess, Brandon, do you want anything at the plug? I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna guess it's fine. It's not my uh, podcast yeah, anymore. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey. no, what, uh, what other, uh, we got the Bard Tenders podcast. Um, anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah, you can find me at underscore liquids and cups on Instagram. Uh, we're at bartenders. Uh, that's me and John and uh, my oldest son, Scotty, and our DM, Dale, uh, out there having fun, shaking dice, you know, picking on each other, just hanging out. Um, and also just, you know, I don't know what you heard uh, there while you were uh, fixing technical difficulties, Carl, but just the network you're building. I, I love the fact that it's like such a, you know, six degrees to most of my friends in the industry, you know, the BRP guys are homies and we have some crossover content. Chandler introduced us to them, you know, heard card game. We've done some stuff with her as well. Just, you know, shout out to people like you guys who are bringing people together and telling stories and just making our lifting our community up because post pandemic, our lives have sucked. Um, Mm -hmm. It is not easy. Anybody who is still willing to be a bartender and has been through 2020 is an absolute sicko um, <laughs> and they, they know what they're about. And, you know, it's, it's not easy. We do it because we love it, not because we have to, because I can make a whole lot more money doing a whole lot less work than what I do. Um, so being surrounded by other people who do that and people who like community build is, is really awesome. Yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, the reason, I mean, we started the YouTube channels because I wanted to do it because I've always had a passion about video production and bartending and could do all that. And then we live in fucking Eastern Iowa. We do not be able to connect to that many people around we, us. We have to build the network in order to learn have, more, to, to have the knowledge and the skills to make great cocktails. Right. Grow, grow as a bartender, but right. then also like learn how to network and know there's other people out there like us. But then that know more than us. I'm willing to learn where well, we are w- willing to learn. Oh, absolutely. And and it's fun because like we all share a common ground. Like, yes, does Steve work at a speed bar? I work at a high end bar. You know, like you work at you worked at everything. So like we all ha- work at different places. But then day you strip it all down. We're all bartenders. You know, we are all bartenders and it's a fun community. And we know we're just fucking making drinks at the end of the day. Everyone knows we're just making drinks. And that's what yeah. makes these stories so fun right. because even, even on the shit show days, mm-hmm. you know, your job today, I made, today I made somebody happy. Right. Or I did. Yeah. I made their day better. Yeah. Or I went out of my way to piss this one fucker off and it was <laughs> fucking great. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I needed that. And I'm a bartender and I run on hatred and caffeine and today it was hatred. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget, don't be a dick, tip your bartenders and drink responsibly.